It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. We're off to the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group, where Jane Pickett, our resident vet, uh, joins us. Uh, good morning to you, or good afternoon as it is now. Good afternoon, Jane. Good afternoon, Patricia. And you're very welcome. And I want to start with something that we touched on earlier on in the week when one of our listeners, Martina, who was so distressed when she contacted us, she lost her gorgeous five-year-old border collie on, from heat stroke. Uh, at the weekend, I think it was either Sunday or Monday during that very intense weather. Mm -hmm. They thought that they had left enough water out. They thought there was enough shade. The dog was fine in the morning time. But when they went out to check the dog in the afternoon, the dog was dead from heat stroke. Oh, goodness, that's very sad to hear. And so I'm obviously so distressing for for the owner. I think heat stroke is a is a really scary one because, you know, it can really sneak up on dogs. I think very much like that listener has said, you know, they thought they left enough water, they thought they left enough shade. And I know a lot of us will kind of take measures to try and um allay the risk, but really nothing kind of replaces, you know, supervision and making sure that, you know, they're kept an eye on. And that can always be difficult. Like everybody's life situation is difficult. A lot of us were out at work during those really, really hot periods. So some of these situations are very difficult and can't necessarily be got around. So my condolences to that lovely listener. I'm sure you did everything you could. It sounds like you really tried to make sure they had adequate shade, make sure they had adequate water and did, did what you could. But sadly, sometimes these things happen and it's it's so, so sad when it does. And what do you look out for? How, how would you know if your dog was getting distressed? I think difficulty breathing is a big one. Um, panting excessively. So there's a, there's a bit of a fine line between panting to expel heat, which is quite normal, but panting with a little bit of extra effort. Sometimes they'll also become a bit restless, so they'll stand down, walk around, just seem a little bit off, like they're trying to find comfort and they can't find comfort. In the latter stages of heat stroke, it can be more obvious signs, so collapse, so they may not be able to, to get up and walk around. In some cases, they can have, let's say, little fits. That's that's quite common. Um, it really is just um, difficulty in blowing off that heat, so usually really, really excessive, deep, 
kind of distressed panting is what we normally associate with kind of signs of heat stroke initially and then lather lather kind of um lethargy unable to move feeling very distressed and and so, I know so when 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 I was looking into it when I knew Martina was uh, was joining us, I, I, the one thing you don't do is like throw a bucket of water over over the dog that can cause shock. Mm, I suppose so. It's it's a thing that we want to cool them down quickly, but not too quickly. I think although a bucket of water may be tempting, I think the best thing you can do really is try and cool them like that. But I wouldn't go for icy, freezing cold water. Um, I would go for, let's say, water that feels cool to the touch, but not absolutely, you know, you hold your hand in it comfortably. Tepid, tepid is yeah. a good way of putting it. Yeah, tepid to start with. Now, we might do more aggressive cooling once they get to the veterinary clinic. But we do know that pets that have some active cooling before they get to the vet. So you notice your pet may have signs of heat stroke. Start to cool them down with some, some cold slash tepid, but not absolutely freezing water. And it is best to put the water on them and not cover them in anything. I think a really uh, common thing that we see is people putting wet blankets on their pets. Yeah. But what that does is it might cool them down for about 10, 15 seconds, but then all the extreme heat will go into the blanket, into the the the, the blanket that's covering them, the wet blanket, and then it's almost insulated in. Oh. So you're stopping further heat expelling. So I suppose although a bucket is not ideal, it is probably the best thing that you can do for them at home. Um, if you have any fans, that's helpful. But what I would say and what I really, really stress is that if you suspect your dog does or might have signs consistent with heat stroke, don't try and treat it at yourself at home. Heat stroke is a really serious thing. You need to be brought to a vet. You're not going to be able to solve it in a home environment. Even if you have a slightest suspicion, attend your vet because the signs are subtle. They can deteriorate quickly and it might be too late if you try and manage it yourself at home. I know if you look online, you can find all different cures for heat stroke. I think one that was recently growing around was lemon juice, which is the silliest thing I have ever heard in my life. Okay. And yeah. I think that the difficulty is a lot of people might, I suppose, in, in good faith, read these things online, think that they can help their pet. Really, unfortunately, there's a lot of bad information out there online. If you think your dog has heat stroke, it's a veterinary emergency. They need to attend the clinic. But whilst you're ringing the clinic, let them you know you need to come in as an emergency. If you can start to actively cool your dog with some cold but not freezing water, we know that those pets that are actively cool before they attend the clinic do slightly better than those that don't. So it's okay. And do. and dogs sweat differently to the way we sweat in that they pant and it's through their paws. It's not through their skin like we sweat. Sure, it isn't. Exactly, exactly. So their paws. So I think one really common thing is very much like us. If we get nervous, some of us might sweat. Sometimes if I have a particularly nervous pet in the clinic I can see their little sweaty paw prints on the on the, ah, the console bless. room table yeah so they do sweat through their paws predominantly um, but their main mechanism of getting rid of heat is not really their paws it's panting it off it's it's actively expelling it with the air which in some cases is really effective but obviously when the ambient kind of heat of the air around it is really really hot it's very difficult to get that heat to exchange and they'll really struggle and I think pets that particularly struggle are those that have kind of shorter faces so brachycephalic breeds maybe like pugs frenchies bulldogs they're really not built for any kind of heat at all and they are big 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 heat stroke risks but also other patients that might be overweight they will struggle more in heat and also actually heart patients they will struggle a little bit more in heat so they're the ones that you really particularly need to keep an eye out for but every pet is vulnerable so take measures to keep them cool yeah and lynn one of our listeners said i was totally shocked by that story on your program earlier on in the week and my heart goes out to martina and her family i have a long-haired alsatian i was wondering uh, would a trim help in case that excess heat comes back it can help but it won't 
it won't eliminate the risk. I think okay. it it will help if they're carrying a lot of hair. It's like us putting on a lighter a lighter t-shirt rather than a fuzzy jacket. It can help somewhat, but you know you still really need to be very careful. Even if they have the tightest cut in the world and they have their summer coat on, you need to be really careful to you know make sure you're providing ample shade, water, a cool area, access to the indoor where it's cool or climate controlled potentially with a fan you need to you need to still really aggressively offer those measures particularly when the temperatures really really begin to rise okay somebody else wants to know can cats suffer from heat stroke yes and cat heat stroke is a lot more kind of clinically silent so they tend to hide the signs until it's really really severe cats um are sometimes really good at kind of you know deciding where they need to go to be cool they'll sometimes find a nice shady spot but others are really a little bit too far down the line of sun basking so they're sun worshippers and they will just lie out for hours and end and particularly ones which let's say have blacker coats they would be more inclined to kind of hold the heat in now that's marginally more than an average cat so every cat is at risk if they are a sun basker because some will kind of almost just fall asleep in the sun and kind of not realize that they've um got got really hot um, and before they before they kind of can engage brains, move to a cooler area, it's a little bit too late. They've had too much sun exposure. And for cats, they may be seen to pant sometimes, but a lot of the time it's just them becoming exceptionally quiet and not being able to move around and sometimes having fits. So the signs are a lot more subtle. OK, OK. And then uh, Dennis said that his, uh, by his own admission, his overweight Jack Russell really struggled in the warm weather. Mm. He read something online about a cooling mat. Does Jane know anything about them? Yeah, sometimes some of those are really great. Um, what are, what are they? Kind of almost, do you know, I don't actually know what they're filled with, but a lot of these cooling mats kind of almost have like a gel-like substance within them. Some of them can be put in the, the fridge, not the freezer. Very careful to, to note, don't use kind of directly frozen objects next to your pet because you can cause freezer burn or skin burns and that's really serious. So don't be tempted to do that. But some of these mats either actively cool themselves, so they're kind of just really cool to the touch, but safe for your pet, or some of them can be refrigerated. Um, so just follow the package instructions. They are actually a really useful kind of uh, accessory to have in your arsenal, but they don't replace the basics of shade, access to the indoors, lots of water, making sure the air is cool. But they are a really, really helpful thing. Okay, but the overweight dog is typical of somebody that will yeah. struggle in, in, in that very, Difficult. very hot weather. Yeah, and you know, we're, we don't know if, it, if the very intense heat is going to come back, but it is possible that it will. OK, just some other questions in. Could you ask Jane, please? I have a fully indoor cat, doesn't go outside at all, was fully vaccinated as a kitten, is now two years old. Does she need to have updates on her vaccines, even though she is totally indoors? Uh, yes, I would suggest so. If she's entirely indoors... Her risk is lower, so she may only need some components of the vaccine. But what I'd say is it's really important to just think about what, you, what, you, what you're saying when you're saying your cat is totally indoors. Is there ever a window left open in your house? Do they have access to the back garden or a back patio? Because if so, they still have the same risk as an outdoor cat. 
So it's really important to kind of make that distinction between although they may lift mainly indoors, do they have any access to the outdoors under any circumstances, in which case they do really warrant full vaccination as you would with an indoor outdoor cat. But if they are purely indoor, have a discussion with your vet as regards their risk. Um, that will be very personal to your pet situation, their health status, um, and obviously what you know how much access to the outdoors or not they have. But if they are purely indoor, it may just be some components that will be recommended. Um, but it's a little bit more of a complex one. So I think a chat with your vet to kind of discuss the pros and cons would be, be the best way forward. OK, Claire says, could you ask Jane, please, how do I stop my 18 month old, very boisterous Labrador from eating gravel or will he just simply grow out of it? Oh, God. Oh, goodness. OK, um, he may grow out of it, but a lot of these things are kind of stereotypical habits. So once the habit is built, they'll continue it. I think really you need to try and take measures to either restrict their access to these gravelly areas because, you know, gravel, although sometimes it's small and it'll pass throughout the other end. You know, if a dog's eating gravel, the chances are they're going to eat sharp bits of gravel or larger stones and they are foreign body risks. So they are risks that they could have, um, they could cause an obstruction within the gut um, perhaps need an operation to relieve sometimes not such a good outcome for the pet. So they are quite dangerous things. I would suggest restricting your access to the gravel if that's at all possible. I know in some situations that might not be if it's all around the house. But maybe try and give them other things to replace that behavior with. So maybe stuffed toys, let's say um, Kongs, plastic toys that can be stuffed with little, little bits of kibble and maybe some cream cheese or peanut butter. So it fulfills that part of his brain that he feels like he needs to investigate and chew and mouth things, but in a safer way. So I really think that may be the first step, but in you know, restricting is probably the safest way to, to go about um, limiting the risk to him. OK, and very finally, could Jane offer advice, please? I'm worried about my little dog. I'm heading back to work in September. I've been working from home for the last three years. Uh, I've been working from home a month after he came to live with us. I'm worried about separation anxiety. OK, um, I totally empathise. It's really difficult because it's going to be a big change for both you and your pet. The one thing I'd say is if it's it's September time before they're going back, is that correct? Yeah, she's going back in September, um, yeah. Start treating your day and start adding in cues into your day that will be consistent with what you'll be doing in September. So get ready, get ready to go to work in the morning. Pretend like you're about to leave the house. Leave the house briefly, walk around the block, come back. So start adding in those small nuggets of what life will be like in September so that everything's not a shock to your pet. It will be a shock to the system. And it's important to make sure that, you know, they're checked regularly, that they have enough space and water and shade whilst you're out. If you can get somebody to pop in to walk the dog or if it's feasible for you to pop home to walk the dog in the middle of the day, then that's really ideal because that will break things up. But if you can try and kind of maybe make your start of the day one thing that you can tackle in advance, that's helpful. So maybe, you know, find a place to put your dog when you leave the house, give them a stuffed Kong toy as a nice little reward and distraction. So that's the signal marker that, you know, OK, I'm going to get a tasty treat, but my owner is going to disappear for a while, but it's all OK. And maybe do things like put the radio on in the background, start doing that. So try and make as much of your dog's experience consistent with what you're planning for them in September now whilst you're around to smooth the transition. Because although it will be difficult in September, because obviously there's inevitable change that you can't foreshadow, you will have controlled some of the factors. So have a little think about what bits you can build into your day and start showing your dog now that will be consistent with September. OK, all right. And it, it will hopefully all work out for you. Yeah. All right. Listen, Jane, as always, thank you for that. Have a lovely week and we'll talk to you again next Thursday. Thanks for joining us.
Thank you. Bye-bye. Good afternoon. That is Jane Pickett of the Island Wood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket and she is part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.